We are Rogue Media Sports. Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Coming up on the podcast, I'm a very lucky guy this afternoon. I'm staring at the ocean. I'm in Puerto Rico. My friend Tyena is getting married. I was also very lucky a few weeks ago when my friend Tyra Lindsay interviewed me ahead of her film festival that is coming to Central Texas this weekend. This is a great interview. Tyra and I talk about my career. Uh, we talk about athletics and the news. And there's probably a lot of stuff that you don't know that you could hear if you listen to this podcast. And it's a one for the ages, and Tyra, Tyra is, uh, she's incredible. Coming up, Pete Souza. That's me, Tyra Lindsay. Hello, I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, host of this podcast, Real Values, Real News. As the founder of the Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival in Waco, Texas, as well as a film, theater, and live events producer, I wanted to create an entertainment program where everyone who is a fan of film, entertainment, the performing arts, could come and feel welcomed. Therefore, this is a space where we can discuss the film and entertainment industry and the real, R-E-E-L, values that can exist and or should exist in the business. We also will have fun discussing the latest films and artistic projects by well-known filmmakers and artists that you know and those who you may not know and are up and coming. Ultimately, I believe that the power of storytelling in films and more can open hearts and minds so that we can all perhaps treat each other a little better, love each other a little better, and truly realize our full humanity and that we are more alike than we are different. Sounds good? So let's get started. Today's guest is a master communicator and is on TV every day. Originally from the Philadelphia area and a graduate of the University of Richmond, Pete Souza moved into a career in television news after a lengthy career in sports, both behind the scenes and eventually in front of the camera. He worked in public relations at USA Basketball and then at the NBA for the Charlotte Hornets and the Philadelphia 76ers. After seven years in PR, he moved into broadcasting, starting with the NBA Development League. He called games for the D-League and also hosted a weekly TV show from 2012 to 2015. He also covered the NBA draft for radio affiliates around the country and hosted the NBA D-League draft for NBA Entertainment. Then he went back to Charlotte to work as a sideline reporter on Hornets radio broadcast and as a pregame host on the team's digital network. 
While at KNOE, Pete also anchored the noon news and brought viewers in-depth stories. Some of those took a look at gun violence at churches, teen drug abuse, and hoarding. He also contributed to Emmy-nominated coverage of the historic flooding in northeast Louisiana in March of 2016. While in Charlotte, Pete also began contributing on Good Day Charlotte on the local Fox affiliate. It was at that point he fell in love with morning television and transitioned into TV news. Currently, Mr. Souza co-anchors the morning show on KWTX-TV Channel 10 in Waco Central, Texas. He also has a beloved podcast called The Payoff with Pete. And I am thrilled to share that Pete will be one of our 2023 Champions Award recipients at the fourth annual Waco Family and Faith International Film Festival. He is joining the likes of such past recipients as actors Kevin Sorbo and John Schneider, Food Network TV personality Gina Neely, Dancing with the Stars musical director Ray Chu, veteran Waco media person personality Ann Harder, and music industry veteran Vivian Scott Chu. So welcome, Pete, <laughs> to Real Values, Real News. Thank you so much for having me. I'll tell you, anytime, anytime I can get mentioned in the same breath as Hercules, uh, Luke Duke, and, and Ann Harder, yes. I'm good. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So let's get started. Sure. As a seasoned TV anchor and with all of your experience in media, can you start by sharing with us your real, R-E-E-L, values or your philosophy, so to speak, when it comes to working in media and television? Well, I think I think um, sometimes, first of all, thank you so much sure. for having me, Tara. Yes. I really appreciate it. This is a great <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I have... So much respect for you and what you do oh, and what you. you bring to this area. So to be a part of anything with you is really an honor. So I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> serious about that. But I, when I talk about what I bring, my real values, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think we lose sight that entertainment is a huge part of it. Um, captivation is mm -hmm. a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. Even though we deliver the news, and you have to be very very serious about that because some of the news is, as you know, very, very mm -hmm, serious, mm -hmm. but I'm lucky enough. And this is like the gift and the curse because I, I, I don't like waking up so early anymore <laughs> right. as I get older. I mean, the alarm goes off at, at two It used to go off a lot earlier. Uh, but you know, the show starts at four 30 mm -hmm. and the good part about that is we have a two and a half hour show, mm -hmm. which leaves room for, you know, we're going to inform mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's in the producers and myself and Keisha, we, we make that a part of the show, right? right? We're going to have to give the news. Uh, but there's also an element where you can entertain. Mm -hmm. And so that is my, my value. I, I believe as I can bring, you can bring smiles to people. I mean, yeah. getting up a lot of the, a lot of the time is, is not the best and maybe people don't love their job. So if they can watch and, you can make them a little lighter or let them know it's okay to come out from under the covers. Cause yes. sometimes I don't feel like it is. <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, that that's what I, th th those are my values really. To, I mean, it sounds cliche, but to bring happiness, yes. like I got my little corner of the world mm -hmm. where I can, I can bring good vibes to people as they start their day. 
Wonderful. And, you know, I have to admit, I love the question of the day. <laughs> Who comes up with those questions? Our producers do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And you can tell sometimes we go on bad runs. Sometimes <laughs> we go on good runs. And uh, sometimes there needs to be a little more quality control. Uh, <laughs> but the buck stops with me. Uh, so, I love yeah. it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned in your bio how you started in TV. But really, what drew you to pursuing a career in media, sports, and TV news? I mean, it was sports as a kid, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two things. My dad, uh, we grew up, the news, when the news was on in our house, you could not talk. Right. And it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And my dad wasn't like the greatest communicator, but I knew that that was important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if my brother and I were watching like What's Happening reruns or Happy Days reruns, <laughs> when, my, yes. when my dad came home, he would be like, put the news on because mm-hmm. the news is usually on. And uh, so I knew it was important, right? From like a therapeutic standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm sure you would look at that and say, okay, this guy's got like some issues right? <laughs> because it was like my dad's approval, but it was also sports. I was also so captivated by, I grew up watching sports all the time, mm-hmm. um, doing, turning the volume down and, and doing play by play. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I, like, I think it was a two prong thing, like news and sports and new, growing up watching Peter Jennings, mm-hmm. you know, growing up watching, Ugh. Yeah. yeah, Peter Jennings was, again, you couldn't talk. Jim Gardner was our local news guy okay. in Philly. He's okay. just about to retire. He's been doing it since before I was born, long before. Wow. Yeah. You didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> that <was laughs> wow, that's a long time. Yeah. But no, he has. He's been doing it for a long time. And the sports stuff, too, like guys like Bob Costas, Vince Scully, Brent Musburger, mm-hmm. uh, those were two things that I just loved to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh the news, not so much because I was kind of being made to, but boy, there was a, a massive respect I had for Peter Jennings yes. and news people in general. And I had a, this incredible love of sports and and the way the medium, you know, I grew up watching NFL films is they took football uh, and football games and made them into motion pictures, pretty mm-hmm. much NFL films. Did, and they did mm-hmm. such a beautiful job of that. Mm-hmm. And that really grabbed me as a kid. Uh, it, it made it, it in TV. They did such a good job, uh, most networks, of delivering sports games as though they were movies because mm-hmm. you're just storytelling. Mm-hmm. So, those two things it's a long answer to a short no, question. Great. Yeah, but those two things really drew me in. Okay. So, what are some of your favorite stories that you have covered to date in your career? I, I love, I, I'm lucky enough now, and I got to update the bio, that I get to do. Sports play by play again, mm-hmm. which I love to do. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm I do that more and more, which is a lot of fun. So anytime I get to like storytell mm-hmm. through a game of, mm-hmm. of like a, you find this player right. Like I did a game, a football game at Oklahoma State this year, and they okay. were, they were playing, pre, our, our Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. Okay, and so their quarterback, you know, Arkansas Pine Bluff doesn't have a chance, right? But, <laughs> we're, but we're doing the game, and it's on it's on ESPN, and I'm trying to sell to our production crew and, and the guy I'm working with, like, hey, this quarterback is from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh-huh. His team, his family left New Orleans when Katrina hit. Mm. Like, this is a leader. Right. Like, let's follow this guy throughout the game, mm-hmm. see how he does. Like, I love telling stories like okay. that. That's so much fun. Uh, on the news side, again, it's happy stuff. Yeah. I've been lucky enough when I got here. Well, when I was in Louisiana, mm-hmm. I got I, we used to have people on our show that, that mentioned you mentioned K and O E, and we would uh, talk about adopting dogs. We would get dogs adopted. That's how I ended up with my dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nobody okay. else wanted her. Right? I was the last <laughs> house on the on the block, so she ended up with me. 
And I remember thinking, like, let me get, why don't we do this with kids? It's done in other places. Right. They yeah. call it Wednesday's Child. I was yep. like, so when I came to Waco, I asked the news director. It was kind of like, honestly, I thought it was a great idea, and I knew I was going to have to have something to pitch during mm -hmm. my interview. Like, mm -hmm. what, what will you bring? Mm -hmm. And then, so I said that. Uh, and the guy said yes. And so this is once I got the job. So mm -hmm. I, the, uh, like getting foster kids adopted and putting them with families, I've been here for five years now, mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of it happen. This is, a, this is a really cool story if we have a second. Yeah, we have time. So this, um, this girl... Um, lovely is her name. Mm -hmm. And so we did a foster care segment with her probably in September or, or August or September. We did it in Fable, the bookstore. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the story was, I, I was very happy with how it turned out. Lovely is a young girl. She's, uh, she's a foster kid. She wants mm -hmm. to be a defense attorney because she wants to help and take care of people that were wrongfully convicted. Mm -hmm. She's brilliant. You okay. can tell. Okay. Got a little bookworm in her and it's just adorable. <laughs> and so we get done that story and I'm like, man, I hope, I really hope this girl gets adopted. Yes. So two weeks later, no, 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 no like two months, three months later, uh, this is in early November, or late October. I go to Fabled. Mm -hmm. I'm meeting somebody, right, on like a Bumble date, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like trying to get my get my thing together. I'm going to have a cup of coffee with somebody. And I'm in the back of the of the, uh, the bookstore. And I'm on the, the couch and, I, you know, connected to my phone. And I see this young girl uh, and this other woman. Uh, the woman's put together and so is the girl. Uh, and I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. And then the, I see the girl whisper something to the woman. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's lovely. Oh. Oh, okay. She is with a woman who came from New York that saw the foster care story that we did at KWTX uh -huh. online, uh -huh. and the woman is adopting her. Beautiful. So the woman came from New York. It was the first time she was ever visiting this girl, Lovely. And mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I feel like good about what I'm doing. Yes. Like, those are stories. That yeah. couldn't have... I was like, wow, I think God's kind of telling me something. Just mm -hmm. to dig in, stay the course. Mm -hmm. You know, if you ever have doubts, like, you actually are able to do positive right, things. Yeah. Right. So that was cool. So I love the foster care stories. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's news doing good. Yes. You know what uh -huh. I mean? Yeah. Um, I love that. Okay. So what have been some of your challenges and what have been some of your triumphs in your career thus far? Well, the biggest challenge in my career, um, has been, you know, I'm dyslexic. So oh, well, yeah, you didn't know that. Why would mm -hmm. you know that? But I'm dyslexic. Okay. So when I was a kid, I it was, they would send me out to like the reading bus and mm -hmm. that was a bummer because there was kind of a stigma attached to it, but right. whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I went to Archbishop Carroll High School. They had me in like track four math. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there weren't any more than four tracks, okay. I can promise you. <laughs> uh, and so I had this like some stuff that I was dealing with and I got in, I, you know, part of my story is, in, I'll mention this briefly, but the payoff with Pete, the podcast, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sober. So mm -hmm. when I got sober, I got my life together after 10 years, uh, after, you know, 20 years of using drugs and drinking. Okay. I got sober and I was like, I want to get into to TV news. That's what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. that and sports. And okay, that was all well and good, but I'd never read a teleprompter. So when I started my job in Louisiana. What? Yeah. When I started my job, you know, they gave me the job because Louisiana is not New York City. Monroe, mm -hmm. Louisiana was mm -hmm. where I worked. Mm -hmm. It's not New York. So they're like, okay, we'll take a chance on this guy. We think he's talented. He mm -hmm. seems nice enough. So I couldn't, I mean, I had a really tough time reading the teleprompter okay. when I first started. And this is all playing out on live TV. Right. So I'm like, you know, 
looking at the, you know, I'm like in this, like a face off with this teleprompter every day. And it took, I mean, it was very, very humbling. So that was a challenge. And that kind of brings me to a triumph because I was able to get sober. Mm -hmm. And when I got sober, I, I lived in a a halfway house, Mm -hmm. you know, I got sober for uh, a month in rehab. Okay. And then after that, I mean, I was real messed up. Oh, they were wow. like, you got to go somewhere else. Okay. So they were like, do you want to go to a recovery house? And I was like, not really, but I got nowhere else to go. Okay. So I went to this recovery house for four months while I'm in the recovery house. This is after I worked in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I got a job because when I met your husband, Sydney, I was still out there partying when I was mm-hmm. working in Philly, working for the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And then I got sober and they were like in the halfway house. They're like, you have to work. You have to get a job somewhere, mm-hmm. like a star. I'm like, oh man, I ended up working at KFC okay. when I was in the recovery house, and that all goes back to, I kind of built a level of tolerance and and humility once in a while that I can tap into. That I was like, all right, I'll figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like destroyed by the fact that I couldn't read the news that well on yeah. the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was humbling. So that was a that was like a challenge, and that's. Uh, a triumph together. So how did you, because you read from the teleprompter now, right? I, uh, literally, I think it's one part confidence and, and another part practice. You know, yes. I just, uh-huh. and, and, uh, I, yeah, I've, I'm like, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, wow, this is like, this is easy and fun to me to mm-hmm. do this. You mm-hmm. know, I feel very in control. That was the exact opposite of the feeling I have when I started. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So another subject What's your best TV story? Like, do you ever get starstruck or anything like that? No, I mean, working in sports, I think I, I, I have. Okay. I, just even even doing some of the football games that I'm able to do. or I, I grew up, I mean, this is not like the biggest football superstar, but this year I'm doing football games with ESPN, and I'm working alongside this guy, Chad Brown, who I watched play for the Steelers forever. Okay. He used to give Sydney headaches because Sydney's a Bengals fan. Yeah, Chad Brown. But I am a Steelers fan. So you I was born in Pittsburgh. Well, there you go. Yeah, God, you guys must duke it out, huh? Oh, when the Bengals play the Steelers, it's not yeah. good. So, so Chad was a really good player. He, played, he was awesome at Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, he went to Seattle, and he actually was like a, a – he's on the road to the Hall of Fame possibly now. Nice. And, you know, he was my – the, the color analyst I work with in these games. And, and it's just interesting. I'm in meetings with this guy all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, I was like, wow, I can't, can't believe this. Yes. So there are moments like that. Other game, you know, I'm doing calling Texas baseball games, working with this guy, Greg Swindell. And, okay. um, yeah, I, sometimes I really can't believe that I'm just not the guy who was like a drunk who, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't get out of his own way. And now mm-hmm. I'm able to do stuff like that. It's, it's, um, I think those are some of my stories. I was lucky to, to work in the NBA, so I don't get so starstruck per se. Right. Um, but I definitely like appreciate my interactions now more often Mm -hmm. with, with, with other people. I mean, TV stories, I'm sure there's a, there's a, you know, there's some I'm probably not thinking of right now, but I'm sure I've embarrassed myself, (laughs) um, which, which other people found to be great television stories. Mm Uh, one time I, I went to say, I, I said a bad word by accident, which I did not mean to say. <laughs> and, and it was, and we were doing it and there was a guest there. Uh, so that was super embarrassing, right, right. but, uh, yeah, that was, that was a tough TV story. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So where do you think TV news is headed? Oof. I mean, what do you think some of the trends are coming down the pike? It, to me, I've had so many friends that work in TV all across the country. 
I don't know, every five or 10 years, it's changing. You know, I remember one of my girlfriends who was a weekend anchor in Cincinnati. She she called me at one time. She's like, Tyra, I have to take the camera out and shoot my own stories. Like, what do you mean you have to shoot your own stories? You know what I mean? This was like 99, 2000. But, you know, it just keeps that, evolving. That, yeah. <laughs> so what do you think things are headed Oh, that is a loaded question. And it's, it really is a, gr- a great question because I don't know that people walking around, I mean, people can maybe, people that know people in the industry know mm-hmm. that things are changing. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can know that things are changing just by watching the quality of the newscast mm-hmm. that you get. That's true. There are people being hired out of college that are younger. Uh, you know, I just mentioned myself. Now mm-hmm. that was market like 145 or something, mm-hmm. but you know, the good people of Monroe don't need to watch a guy learn to read while he's, <laughs> while he's on their, their newscast. Right, right. Uh, so I think that sometimes we're, it's a corporate monster now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the MMJ, as you call it, shooting your own stories, like that's the real thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, um, I mentioned you, I was in a relationship, uh, which didn't work out, but mm-hmm. great girl. And I was, we were living in Dallas. I was driving here and I had an opportunity to take a job in Dallas, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of, okay, you're going to be shooting your own stories. They told me that I, the <laughs> podcast I do here, like you can't do that anymore. Really? There was a lot of, which is why I'm, I love KWTX. Mm-hmm. I love great television who owns us. And I'm not just saying that like yeah. they have a family feel to this giant like corporation, mm-hmm. this machine, but what is going to happen to TV news? I, I really don't know. Sometimes I'm like, well, I don't think it can change that much in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's always going to be room for morning television. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And for places to get the news. Now, how it's going to be disseminated mm-hmm. going forward, I don't know. I mean, if you think about the kids that are coming up, it's all TikTok. It's, I mean, at some point, horrible. Yeah, at some point, they're going to be the ones pulling the trigger. Right. Yeah, financially and as far as who's watching. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, as it goes, I believe there's always going to be a place for people want to get news. They want to find out what's going on. And mm-hmm. I think there has to be a place for legitimate news organizations mm-hmm. that can verify sources, that can right. talk to police, that have relationships that, you know, a, a lot of times you'll see things on Instagram or Twitter where somebody will tweet something out that's really juicy, but there's no credible source. Yes, And yes. you have to, it's about being right, not being first. And I, right. we, we've all gotten caught up in that. So... I think there is definitely a space for official news organizations. How they will get news out to people, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I really do not know mm-hmm. going forward. I know that it's going to be shorter and more instantaneous. Uh, but it, the game is changing. I will say this last point. I know that this has been an election year, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, you turn on your TV close to an election, you're like, oh my gosh, another <laughs> another right, another ad. Yeah. But that is a very lucrative situation for television stations. And I do know that even this past election cycle, the number one place that politicians spend their dollars is on TV news ads. Mm, So it still is there. I think people don't know how to quantify ads for even streaming per se. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's changes that are going to be made, but right now it's TV news and television in itself is still the big dog as far as where advertisers go. Now, right. they're not making as much money as they were, mm-hmm. but they're still making more than everybody else. Right. Yeah. Well, I teach advertising at Baylor and primarily... What do you know? What do people, what do they say? Really? <laughs> well, I teach seniors and we talk a lot about credibility. They think I'm crazy. 
right? Yeah. Because I'll say, where do you get your news? Where do you get your news? And like you said, TikTok, IG, da 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 da. And I said, but where and how on yeah. TikTok? Oh, AP. Oh, Wall Street Journal. Oh, New York Times. And then sometimes they'll talk about um, folks they watch on YouTube. And I'll say, and where do you think they're getting their news? Yeah. <laughs> right? But they don't hear me when I talk about credibility. Yeah. Right? Because they're just following people that are cute, sexy, you know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I do too. Which is a problem, you know what I mean? Like, no, <laughs> right. I mean, it but, is but, a but I'm saying, like, you get you get caught up and mesmerized mm -hmm. by these 15 second clips of some. It's like, wait, what did I just watch? Like, I I can't believe that. That's mm -hmm. not that's not real. And the moment between the information and the brain, I feel like it's being shortened. Where it's Definitely. like we don't think about it anymore. It just right. it sinks right in, and whether that's through social media or whatever. But that is, by the way, what you just said, that's positive. A lot of them say, and you're talking about Baylor, right? A, a, right. a great school, but mm -hmm. they, they do get their news from AP, New York Times. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, mm -hmm. that's impressive. Yeah, but still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to teach them media literacy, yeah. right? Uh -huh. Don't believe everything you're seeing. Question what you're seeing. Question um, what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I'll, I also have an exercise. It's called a no media exercise. I did it at Northwestern um, my freshman year where we had to watch well, we couldn't watch any media for five days, like a whole week. And a lot of us snuck to watch the weather. Because, <laughs> you know, when <laughs> you go in to Chicago. school in Chicago, you yeah. kind of need to know the weather. Uh -huh. So for my students at Baylor, I say two days, 48 hours, no media. On the third day, you can start watching media. And then I want you to count all the ads because they need to see how significant media and advertising is in their lives right and a lot of times on that third day they'll count oh my gosh i saw a hundred ads or i saw you know such so many ads and they're not even realizing how media is just infiltrating and advertising just infiltrating their lives um nor do they realize they're on social media what six to eight hours a day <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, I do these exercises at the beginning of the semester to try to just introduce to them how impactful and significant media and advertising is in their lives. And a part of that, too, is credibility. Yeah. You just can't believe everything you're seeing. How do you question stuff? Like in your, when, you're, when you see stuff, are you particular with who you follow? Or I'm definitely particular with who I follow. Um, I'm a New York Times girl. Because I, I used to live in New York. I mean, I'm just, I grew up kind of like you. I grew up with the news, too. Uh -huh. We had it on all the time. Um, so I'm all about, you know, Lester Holt. Yeah. <laughs> all those credible people. And I try to read credible sources at all times, whatever I'm doing. From TV to Time Magazine to Variety to Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's funny because I do think... I don't know if this is like the old man got off my lawn, but I do feel like we are old enough to know what's legit and what isn't, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I'm getting something from, like you said, time magazine mm -hmm. or the association, I, I know, mm -hmm. okay, this is like, right. I can go with this. Whereas right. other stuff that some of the younger folks are getting, it's okay. Well, it's sure. YouTube is YouTube. That's like, you know, ABC to them. Right. right? <laughs> Crazy. Right. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Okay. So, so let's, let's stay on this topic of yeah. influencers. So where do you think, 
credible journalists like yourself fit with this world of um, influencers, you know, who are just disseminating news willy nilly and just trying to get, you know, their their follower count up or their like count up. I think that it goes back to staying legitimate. Mm -hmm. I, I do. This is like and I've said this recently and I've gotten some pushback, but the truth eventually comes to light. It sometimes it takes a while and sometimes it's ugly. That's true. But you've mm-hmm. like I you've got to stay true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And all I know is luckily uh I've I've of all the faults I maybe have, I you know, I I do feel like just going it, it all lies in the truth. You don't want to lie to people or lead them because at the end of the day if you've got 200,000, 500,000, a million, 2 million followers and you're spewing some stuff that's not true mm-hmm. there's a moral code you're breaking there and right. unfortunately i think we've seen recently like maybe that could start some kind of revolution i don't know mm-hmm. but i know that my job is to be accurate right and and to go with you know my real values mm-hmm. my stay with my core values mm-hmm. um which are being true to myself yes and are being true to the people around me and i want I want people headed in the right direction and to know the truth and to base their decisions off that. So I don't like as far as those, I don't know where that's going (laughs) (laughs) because I think we've already only started to, to see the financial windfalls. You know, I can just say with sports, I think it's so, so cool that now with the name image and likeness deal Mm -hmm. in college sports that you're around all the time Mm -hmm. now at Baylor, I think it's awesome. These guys are getting paid. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think people that have something wrong with that, I'm kind of like, well, wait, wait, they're finally getting paid. Right. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, like they're getting paid trying to, they're able to take advantage of the money they generate. So you see, hey, if people have 500,000 followers and they're getting people to buy ads with them, they should be able to get paid too. Right. But we got to find a way where, okay, this isn't news, you know, like what these people are saying, like, right. you know, so it's, it's tough. And huh? I just wonder when the FCC is going to step in or can't. They should step in. Yeah. Um, but when? I've said that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Growing up as a kid and still, you know, I loved listening to Howard Stern. I mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. I still appreciate like the First Amendment and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think that maybe the FCC came down on him a little ridiculously. Right, right. But but there's also a place for it. Right. And we also need it. We right. need some sort of regulations. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a line in between where I think we can find where we can make make things right and just right. put a cap on some of the stuff that's that's nonsensical, anti-Semitic, hateful, yes. all that stuff. Yes. So FCC, <laughs> do something. <laughs> just don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next set of questions are what I call the real value speed round. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna shoot them at you fast, and you give me like one word answers or something like that. Okay. You ready? I am ready. Okay, yeah. Here we go. What does media do well? Uh, tell stories. What can the media do better? Uh, tell the truth. What's the climate in the media industry in 2022, in your opinion? Uncertain. In your ideal world. These one word answers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. In your so ideal world. So yes, yeah. you're doing perfect. Okay. You're perfect. What in your ideal world, what do you want your contribution to be in the media news space? A positivity. Fantastic. So any last thoughts you would like to share? No, thank you so much. I, <laughs> I, I want to tell you from somebody who moved here, just like you in uh-huh. Sydney, you know, I've, having lived in larger cities before, 
what you what you're doing for Waco is so important to people like me, and it makes it feel oh. more like home. Really, I think <laughs> Thank there's you. here's one last example. I'll say when I first moved here in 2017, mm-hmm. I got a loft apartment um, on Fifth and Mary that was like an airplane hangar, and I only paid 850 dollars <laughs> for it. Right? Yes. And now th- that that place, I couldn't afford it. You know, I, like like it's okay. it's they kicked us out if we didn't want to buy, mm-hmm. which was great. It's mm-hmm. a, you know it's their deal. But I think it's because of people like you that we've seen an increase like that. Not mm. not just like, you know, the, the whole Magnolia aspect. This whole city and area is growing. Yes. And mm. I think like people like you have a lot to do with that. So, Thank you. yeah, I think it's more to, to turn this into a talent rich environment. Yeah. Um, has been happening, has been happening kind of naturally in school. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just feel when I see a need, I'm going to do my best to contribute to yeah. it. Yeah. And so, um, I just saw this need. We need to come together as people, right? Black people aren't crossing the Brazos River. Latinx people are in this pocket. Caucasians everywhere else. And, you know, coming from big cities, you're just not used to that, um, especially regarding entertainment, yes. right? Uh-huh. And Sydney and I were finding ourselves the only African-American couple. And I'm like, we're not used to being the only black couple anywhere uh-huh, anymore, yeah, uh-huh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this, you know, the film festival is my small contribution. Oh, well, I love it. I remember Sydney and I were talking once. And he said, yeah, you talk to Tyra. We're joiners. We're joiners. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we, we don't care if it's all white, if it's all right. Latino, if it's all black. We're going to join. Right. If, we, if it's a group we want to be a part of, we're yes. going to join. Yes. And that's I appreciate that because I, th- I think people see that and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, it is okay to join. You know? yeah, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Be in the game. Don't yeah. be on the sidelines. Play. Be, be together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you, Pete, for being a part of yeah, thank our you so much. Um, podcast and conversation. And um, we look forward to honoring you next February. I can't wait. And that's it for today's episode of Real Values, Real News. Many thanks to our sponsors, TFNB, Your Bank for Life, Creative Waco, Marie's, and the GB Lindsay Family Charitable Fund. I am Dr. Tyra Lindsay Warren, and it has been a pleasure to be here with you Thank you for listening. Please join us again for our next episode. And always remember to let your light shine. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. We are Rogue Media Sports.